I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 257 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, we have another Ask the Host special. Uh, This is something that I do every so many months. And I have my patrons submit questions and then field additional questions in the live chat as the Signals from Mars live stream is taking place. In the event that you only listen, to the podcast, know that there is a live stream that takes place every Friday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the UK, and midnight for those in Central Europe like myself, 8 a.m. in Melbourne, Australia, so on and so forth. But wait, there's more. There's Tuesday night trivia on Twitch, the Signals from Mars Tuesday trivia show where winners get all types of prizes, everything from uh, discounts to the merch store to um, free shipping, or in this case, tonight's Signals from Mars will feature Mr. Jeremy Weltman from the UK. So if you win, one of the possible prizes could be you guest hosting with me. So tonight we're going to have at least a... 90-minute show, (laughs) because uh, Jeremy will be joining me for the first hour, and then Mr. Dan Lorenzo will be hopping on at the top of the second hour. At least that's the plan. But wait, there's more. An hour before the Signals from Mars live stream, you can join me on Fireside. And on Fireside, you can come up on stage and chat with myself, usually Jeremy, and usually Dr. Poison Brad Dahl, who's there week in, week out. And um, we've also got people that join us on Facebook and Twitch and uh, YouTube as well to just offer up some banter during the episodes. So that's a lot of fun as well. We usually talk about new releases and hard rock and metal news before jumping on over and bringing people up on stage and discussing whatever it is that they have in mind. So that's a lot of fun as well. And I love hanging out with these guys, the diehards that are part of my Patreon group here. Um, I want to thank each and every one of them. They are the people that keep me podcasting, and it is a great troll-free group. Jerry from Long Island, who's one of them, said right off the bat how um, being in this group is like being with a bunch of friends talking about music, going to shows, going to and coming to shows. And that's what he loves about it, that not everyone has the same opinion and that, you know, we can share what albums we like or what bands we like. And he's checked out a bunch of bands as a result. And he's not the only one. There's a lot of people that have told me over the years that I've been running this Patreon that, um, that it, that it's a lot of fun and that it has a, um, you know, a a good atmosphere and it's great to just 
talk music to talk metal, no pun intended, um, on there. So that's awesome. That I mean, what else? What more could I ask for? If you are by any chance checking out this episode, you're not on Patreon, and you do want to hop on Patreon. For the remainder of January, I'm recording this on the 14th. If you are a patron from now until the end of the month and you don't like what you hear, I will refund you your money once you cancel. If you cancel and as soon as I get payment for that month, I will PayPal you what you um, what you paid depending on the on the tier that we're talking about. Obviously, if, if you get a t-shirt and you cancel after one month, um, at least I want to, you know, cover the shirt. But, uh, you know, if you hop on for two bucks a month and realize that, you know, come February 1st, yeah, it's not for me. Let me know. Write me. Say, hey, you know what? This group isn't what I expected. I'm going to hop on out of here. And I'll PayPal you your money. So that way uh, you get a refund. So that's how confident I am that if you join my Patreon group, that you will love it. Especially if you're a music nerd like myself who loves talking about bands, hard rock, metal, metalcore stuff, stoner. Um, with with the advent of people like uh, Ed the Shred Ferguson coming on board, um, he's professed his love for all things extreme metal, so I am adding more extreme metal stuff to the Patreon page uh, because I like this to be all-encompassing, all-inclusive for everyone. Again, this Patreon experience, I want it to be much like what Kiss has always said. They wanted to put the band together that no one else had seen that they wanted to see. And that's kind of what I want to do here. I want to give people the experience that I want to receive on someone else's Patreon page. I've been a part of so many different pages where, you know, they promise the goods and, oh, you know, we're going to give you this, that, the other thing. And, you know, if we reach X amount of people, we'll give you this. And things just never pan out. And it kind of leaves you, I don't know, feeling like um, like you're kind of taken for granted. My Patreon group, I love hearing everyone's opinion. There's a lot of stuff that I do based on my patrons' um, comments. For example, next week, we're going to be doing a show with my patrons, which is going to be top 10 live albums of all time. So people will be submitting their top 10 lists. And based on that, I will be compiling a master list and we'll discuss the top 10 on the show. These shows are a lot of fun. Anytime that I have my patrons involved, it is a lot of fun. So if you want to get involved, and if you're not sure what I'm talking about, if you're on the podcast, just look at, for example, the 2021 episode or look at the 1981 episode, or even check out the Judas Priest discussion, or Iron Maiden, or Motley Crue discussions. Those are all with my patrons. And so you get a gist of what we do here 
or what we do on Patreon and what we later offer you here as part of the podcast. So for as little as two bucks a month, you can get involved. So um, I'm going to read down all the patrons real quickly here because, yes, I thank them for these ideas, for being here, and for being the diehards that follow me on all the different things that I do, actually do when it comes to podcasting and live streaming. So uh, let's go oldest to newest. Uh, we have Twisted Steve Hoker. We have Mr. Patron's Pick, Jeremy Weltman, who hopefully next week will have a Patron's Pick for us. We have Our Mike Jones. We have Dr. Poison, Mr. Yargmetal.com. Brad Dahl. We have The Metal Dentist. We have Chris Vaglio from The Chris and Amanda Show. We have Jose in Connecticut. Jerry from Long Island. Metal Dan, the metal politician, Johan up in Sweden, Ed the Shred Ferguson, who I mentioned before. We have Steven Saylor, and we have in the UK as well, Mr. Anthony Mackey. So we're uh, we're branching out in the UK. We've got two two people there now. <laughs> so very cool. I want to also bring up the fact that Mark Striegel has officially announced that he is on Sirius XM. Uh, I wish Mark nothing but the best of luck. Uh, I did those two Patreon shows with him. I did a lot of other things behind the scenes that maybe a lot of people don't know about. I was a contributor on the old Talking Metal website. I pretty much ran the Talking Rock website, at least 95 to 98% of it. Uh, I ran most of his Patreon. And there's a ton of things that I did behind the scenes with him. And he's the guy that really gave me the push to become a podcaster. So I will be eternally thankful for him for that. And the opportunity to produce and guest host Talking Metal Live for about two years there was an awesome time. And uh, although maybe he didn't see it this way, uh, having that Talking Metal name behind me was always huge to help me secure guests. So uh, I will forever be indebted to him for what he's done for me when it comes to the world of podcasting. So, um, yeah, nothing but luck to him. And if you see him on Sirius XM, like him, and hopefully what he's doing now can grow beyond being just a you know weekend deal on Sirius. In any event, thank you for listening. Here we go. Welcome one and all to the Friday. I'm forgetting how to do this. The Friday, January 7th, 2022 installment of the Signals from Mars live stream. We have Jeremy in the UK checking in. Evening all and happy new year. Absolutely. The first new show of the year. I forgot to uh, light the uh, shelves up behind me. One moment. There we go. See, getting back into the swing of things and, you know, some things you remember, some things you don't remember. Mr. Uh, Rob Rowe, how are you, sir? Happy New Year. 
Uh, Jose in Connecticut, Feliz Año Nuevo. Yes, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, everyone. Yes. Uh, I had Brad Dahl checking in on What's Up as well, saying that he won't be able to join us today uh, because he is working and it is nuts here. So shout out to Mr. Brad Dahl, all the poison control people in um, in Utah and all of you people that are watching this at work, listening to it at work, listening to the replay, watching it live, taking part of this live. Thank you for being here in 2022. And to kick things off this year, we are doing a Ask the Host <laughs> episode. And uh, you know what? I'm going to screen capture this, Jeremy. Oh, damn it. Hold on. Screen capture Jeremy's message and send it to Brad. He's trying to retire, actually. So <laughs> I just sent it to him. Uh, let's see if he responds. Uh, anyway, so tonight's episode is Ask the Host. I had some of my patrons. Well, I asked my patrons, any questions you want to ask for the Ask the Host segment? And some of them uh, submitted questions. Uh, maybe I should have bugged people like I do with my album lists and band lists and all that to get a um, more questions. But we've got plenty here to talk about. And if not, you guys can fire away in the chat as uh, things go on here. So um, right off the bat, Jeremy, Mr. Jeremy Weltman from the UK was the first person to chime in. So we will go with his questions first. Have you any interesting interviews lined up? Yes, I have my patrons on the 21st to talk about their top 10 favorite live albums. <laughs> Outside of that, I don't have anything lined up yet. Who would you like to have on? Um, Mike Jones actually asked a similar question. And I guess the um, what I asked him, I mean, these are definitely out of my playing field, but um, Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden, Ozzy Osbourne, or he retires or, you know, or other. Ace Freely might be interesting only because he's the guy that got me into music when I was a kid. But uh, I've had a recurring dream for years. And not that I think of this in real life all the time, but I have these like really like wild fleshed out dreams where I'm interviewing Lars Ulrich and they go into like these really in-depth, like musical, like nerd, like conversations and stuff. So it's really, really interesting uh, where I wake up and, and I'll be laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's never happening. So. <laughs> Here's that. Um, have you any records on order? Okay, so I do have the Lucid by the Lucid on order. Won't get here till um, till April. And I want to order the new Return to Earth album because I've had links to it since October, and I think the album is amazing. 
And it is a front runner for best album of 2022. <laughs> um, so whenever the, the pre-order for that becomes available, I will probably order that. Okay. Most valuable item in your collection and which means the most to you and why? So, um, Today, unlike other times where I, I don't tend to be prepared, and Jeremy is, uh, most valuable possession, okay, um, Velveteen by the Transvision Vamps. I, I want to see your, your expression, Jeremy. Does, does that get a rise? Does that get an, you know, any sort of reaction out of Mr. Weltman? <laughs> Oh, I am. Um, oh, <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. Well, that was ultra difficult to find in the U.S. because they weren't a uh, big band. <clears throat> this is one that's kind of uh, this never came out in the States. This is Andy Taylor's Danger. Andy Taylor, former guitarist of. Duran Duran, uh, producer for Thunder, Rod Stewart, and a bunch of other things. So this has covers of Thin Lizzy's Don't Believe a Word, Stone Cold Sober, who I forget it was originally by, Feel Like Making Love by Bad Company, Lola by The Kinks, Space Station Number 5 by Montrose, Sympathy for the Devil by The Stones, Mustang Sally, Don't Remember, Violence, Don't Remember, Cocaine is J.J. Kale, I think, originally. Uh, live wire, which is ACDC. Uh, but no, it isn't this as well either. This is something that was for years. I mean, Jeremy, you probably know what this is. This is, um, the single four. Running Free and Sanctuary by Iron Maiden. This is kind of a live unboxing here. Whoops, go the other way. Okay. This one is cool for the reason that, oh, wow. Uh-oh, gatefold is coming undone in the middle. This is slipping out. So I have the entire box set on CD. This is the only one out of the vinyl that I have, but I did purchase, I believe, another one of these singles for some friends because they weren't available in the U.S. Okay, this is an album that was really important to me. KTEL, Masters of Metal. So look at that. When I was in third grade, I was 10 years old, and Kim Gladish gave this to me. All right, so this album has Trashed by Black Sabbath, Mean Streak by Y&T, Breaking the Chains by Dokken, Who's Behind the Door by Zebra, Rainbow in the Dark by Dio, Screaming in the Night by Crocus, and Side One finishes with Lick It Up by Kiss. Side Two, Street of Dreams by Rainbow, Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden, the first time I'd ever heard Iron Maiden. Tom Sawyer by Rush. World of Fantasy by Triumph. 
You Can't Stop Rock and Roll by Twisted Sister and Dancing in the Streets by Van Halen. This album is a huge deal for me because it introduced me to so many bands. Um, I knew Sabbath from Paranoid and Iron Man, but Trashed is on a completely different level. It was my intro to Y&T. Dokken, Zebra was on MTV at that time. Dio was new to me thanks to this. Crocus was on MTV. Kiss, obviously I knew who they were. Rainbow, I knew who they were, but hadn't heard this song before. Uh, Run to the Hills, like I said, my intro to Maiden. I knew who Rush was, and Tom Sawyer, Tom Sawyer I had heard a bunch of times on the radio. Triumph, I've never been huge on. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> um, this is my intro to Twisted Sister, Steve. And Van Halen, I knew who Van Halen was. All right. One could go with the Japanese import of Live After Death. Now, I purposely pulled this out because on the 21st, we are doing top 10 live albums of all time. So if you want to submit your list, become a patron and do so. This should be a fun episode. All of the patron episodes are fun, but... I tried to look up on Discogs to see what the most valuable from a money standpoint album is in my collection. It doesn't give that information, so I'm not exactly sure. But to me, this is my all-time favorite album um, just because of when it came out. I want to get the, um, the remastered version of this. This has been played to hell. There are skips in it much like the Masters of Metal has this really deep uh, scratch in it. This was given to me my, I mean, there's so many reasons why this album is important. Uh, this came out in October of 82. Uh, my grandfather had passed away and my grandmother gave this to me for my birthday. And this, ha- this is my all-time favorite album. Has my all-time favorite song on it to kick the album off. And it is... Creatures of the Night by Kiss. So from an emotional standpoint, it's my most valuable album in my in my opinion, just because of that. So um I probably have some like weird limited edition stuff that is probably more valuable than that, but from again, from an emotional standpoint, just because I how often I listen to that album, that's that, that's the most important to me. And instead of the Transvision Vamps, I almost pulled out Frankie Goes to Hollywood Liverpool, which is <laughs> at the complete opposite end of the spectrum from Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, which to me is a masterpiece, believe it or not. Um, but Liverpool falls way short of that first album. But anyway. I may have lost my metal cred with some people now, but uh, is what it is. Um, Jerry, will you ever just walk away from your patron fans and not say goodbye? No, wrong, wrong sample. I meant to, do. I meant to play this one. Boom! Jerry did the. Mic drop. Um, 
If I have to walk away, uh, I think that being the person that I am, I would do a better job of what Jerry's alluding to. I would hope that I would. Um, I hope that I wouldn't leave people disappointed and I would still continue to do something unless I'm legally not able to do what I'm doing right now to some capacity. Um, because there are, there are ways and ways of doing things. I mean, now with Patreon, I have to look into this. I can actually do a live stream on Patreon. That's just for people on Patreon. So there are so many ways of doing things that I think would be kind of on the DL where you wouldn't get in trouble. But what do I know? I'm not in a position to have NDAs and stuff like that thrown at me at the moment. We'll see. Although there, there may be something down the road um, where I have been offered something with the podcast, but it wouldn't prevent me from podcasting, but making money with the podcast. So we'll see. There may be some changes as a result. Um, so my answer to you, Jerry, is no. I would say goodbye. <laughs> so I would be... Uh, I would not be like Bon Jovi, as Mike Jones pointed out. Never say goodbye. Not a huge Bon Jovi fan, so sorry. Um, what is your favorite Led Zeppelin album? So, taking a page out of Jeremy Weltman's book, I've come prepared today. Um, I've listened to Zeppelin so much in my life, specifically what I'm going to show you guys. And it's all thanks to my brother, Art, because he got this album. I wa it was before Coda came out. Both of these, he got them before. Led Zeppelin 4 is just such a massive album. Um, this is the original print, and I think on Discogs it says it may be like the third or fourth print of the album, so it isn't the original original, but it's was printed in the 70s has um has the old uh humidity smell to it from being locked away for some years in a very humid place before I was able to get my hands back on them uh so Led Zeppelin 4 is huge but also Jerry, right there with you. Physical graffiti. Just so cool as a kid getting this, you know. Pulling this out. I mean, all right, so these are the windows. Hello. Um, but yeah, this is like crazy stuff. How, you know, how stuff was put together so that it would make you want to go out and purchase it, you know. Where as a kid, you would take the letters away and put, you know, the images in there. And you would do things, you know, where you would spend hours staring at this stuff. And I really think it's a lost art. That's why I will promote that Spirit Box album till the end of time. Because... Uh, <sighs> 
because they did such a wonderful job remembering their fans and giving people a reason to buy the physical copy of it. Um, I may show you guys something that Ryan J. Downey sent. He did it. Um, let's see if I can find this. He or actually it's within 108 emails that I have to look through for Patreon. But anyway, he sent this week from his uh, search and destroy newsletter. It was it's a comparison between the top hundred hard rock metal and as he puts it, punkish artists and how many albums they they they've sold in 2021 versus how many were streamed. Streams are obviously much greater. But so, yeah, Jeremy's saying four is overplayed, but it's amazing. Absolutely. And yep, physical graffiti. Some of those songs are epic. Absolutely. That's the thing. I love Zeppelin so much, but I've heard it so much that it's one of these things where I can only listen to it like once a year. And after doing so, I'm like, yeah, let, wow, I really like listening to Zeppelin again. Let me play that again. And then I'll get to like half a song like, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna put that on pause. So, um, so there you go. So Jerry says for him it's physical graffiti and close second houses of the holy. So I never owned the houses of the holy until I got it on CD. I bought that box set that had everything, and it was missing coda. And the guy from the record store was like. Oh, well, most people don't listen to that. I'm, I'm like, uh, I bought Coda. I bought it for my brother. He was pissed at me, I believe, because he wanted like Led Zeppelin or Led Zeppelin 2 or 3. You know, Coda was something that at the time really hadn't come out. Other bands hadn't put out unreleased music like that. Some of the stuff was B-sides. Some of it was demos up until then. And there are songs off of that that I really like. Ozone Baby and Darlene and um, Waren and Taryn are absolutely great songs. But um, so I went back to the store and I said, dude, Coda's missing. And he was like, well, I'll give you $10 of store credit. I'm like, the hell am I going to do with $10 store credit? I just spent $100 on a box set for when it's not complete. So I returned it. He gave me, you know, the full $109, I think it was. And I went and I bought it somewhere else. You know, it just annoyed me so much. That was wow music in Jersey City, New Jersey. But, um, yeah, the store was cool otherwise. Let's see. Um, so, Jose, who is here with us tonight. Hello, sir. Hello to the wife and kids. They happen to be watching as well. So, uh, happy new year, Victor and all. How was the break? Very busy. Uh, the break was busy because, um, I talked to you guys on here about the shenanigans going on with my son's basketball. <laughs> and, um, the night that everything transpired, I guess I was in a fury. So I signed up without remembering on the, uh, f the, uh, Federation here's website for uh, the province where I live. And the beginning of December, I received an email saying, Hey, you signed up or you had interest in becoming a certified coach. 
Um, classes start up on the 22nd of December. Are you interested? And I, and the price was 70 euros. I said, sure, why not for 70 euros? Something else to add to the resume. A larger net to cast. And then I've got some backup if I need to raise a stink about things. So, so I did I did the course, supposed to be 21 days. I did it in six days, roughly. Uh, I took uh, Christmas off, but I powered on through it, uh, being that my kids are home. And actually, my wife was home because there was a COVID scare with my oldest son's class. And because my wife works in the food industry, um, she wasn't allowed to go to work until he had a negative uh, PCR. So because of that, I took advantage and I did all 204 classes or sessions in six days. And I got 96 percentile for 99.6, correct out of all the tests that I took, including some whopping 100 question, 100 plus question tests, which took me anywhere from an hour to three hours to do. But um, I did it. And being that um, that I was doing that, I wondered, hmm. I wonder if there's any sort of certification that um, that I can s- sign up for in the States. So it turns out that USA Basketball offers a few, and I did those as well. So um, I'm a certified basketball coach. Well, I have to – I did the theory part here in Spain. We'll see where that takes me. And at least I have a gold certification in the U.S., which basically comes down to paying X amount of money and doing the training. So there you go. Uh, were the three kings good to you this year? Well, this year was a t-shirt year. Usually I get a lot of vinyl and a lot of Blu-rays and stuff like that, but they're really with COVID and with the um, Suez Canal issues, getting vinyl supplies, there weren't the usual uh, three for the price of two deals that, the past few Christmases have had, but there was a lot of um, cool um, t-shirts, Iron Maiden to be specific. Let's see, we can kind of see this. Um, So this is the trooper. This is a Marvel Iron Maiden crossover. So I got this. I got one with Wolverine and Eddie from the Killers cover. Um, a, um, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of the name of the brand, but it's like, um, it looks like a deteriorated style with uh, the Somewhere in Time Eddie. And then another one is with a alternate take on the Power Slave. Got those. And then my wife actually had two shirts custom made for me. One was, uh, uh, half of it was half of Dwight Schrute's face from the office, and it says Bears Beats Battlestar Galactica. And the other one is Prince, and it says Blouses at the top, and it says Pancakes at the bottom. So uh, we split those up between Christmas and 
yesterday or the sixth actually, which is the coming of the three wise men or the three kings, depending on where you are. Uh, which for most people outside of the U.S., Christmas doesn't bring presents. So being that my kids are being kind of raised in a hybrid house here, we do half and half. And it works in their favor because they get stuff on Christmas. They can enjoy it throughout the break where most of their friends get presents on January 6th, which was Wednesday. And... um. Yeah, and then on Monday they go back to school, so they haven't. Uh, they really wouldn't get to enjoy a lot of their stuff. Um, the break also entailed uh, playing Fortnite with them, getting shot up by a lot of uh, kids their age, shooting kids, and then being surprised that I knew what I was kind of doing. I said, "Hey, I've played shooters before. Not my favorite, but." We also uh, did the. Uh, uh, we we also used or yeah, I'm reading my cousin's message here. The and Ponte, we used to get presents on both days. It's cool. Jeremy says the trooper reminds me of Signal's beer glass arriving this morning. Oh wow, awesome! That's cool. I will show it off on the Patreon special. That's cool. Uh, I want to order one of those myself. So. Uh, uh, we'll see uh, people showing off merch. Jerry bought the uh, 13th anniversary uh, T-shirt as well. So there's that. And um, where was I going? Oh, we also uh, yesterday, my kids, uh, we were, you know, we try to play board games and stuff with them, do all these family events. And we watched uh, ACDC's Let There Be Rock while we were playing Scrabble and stuff like that. So. Plenty of stuff with, with my kids. Plenty of nice walks as well. It's been great, the weather. Anyway, do you have plans for this year's podcast you can share with us? Well, um, we were just going to, the, the original idea was to do um, Ask the Host, which we're doing today. Next month, doing a band discussion. And in March, doing the 1982 discussion and then, you know, switching it around. Then Jerry came up with the idea of doing the top 10 live albums. I thought it was cool. So we're going to do that later this month. Uh, We'll vote next month for what band we talk about. And then we'll do the year one after that. And hopefully in between, I'll have some cool guests on here. Uh, there's really nothing planned out yet because I've, you know, outside of doing the Spotify shows that I did last week and doing some of the Patreon stuff, I kind of detached myself from everything for a few days. So, um, who got the prize from the Roscon this year in your family? That would be my wife. Uh, she's the only diehard Roscon eater. Roscon is, it looks like a Christmas wreath but it's like a giant bagel <laughs> for lack. No, not really a bagel because it's kind of a cake, uh, like a pound cake in the middle. You can either, it can be normal or it can have a various fillings can be just like whipped cream can be a truffle can be chocolate. Uh, and then it has like, um, 
like candied oranges and gumdrops and stuff like that. And on the inside, there's small statues. They're like thumbnail size statues. They can be everything. I mean, historically, they're, you know, religious things from the manger. But, um, you know, we've had Phineas and Ferb in past years and stuff like that. And this year it's been kind of traditional. We had two. We ordered one. And it turns out that when my kids went to uh, go see the uh, the three wise men before they came at night, uh, they gave us a, a free one from the same place that we went to. So uh, is what it is. But yeah, my wife is the big uh, Roscon eater. So she's the one that, that got them. My kids aren't that big uh, into them. And I've never been particular, you know, I, uh, I don't mind like the truffle one, but uh, I've been uh, told to stay away from sweets and I have a, a doctor's appointment next week. So until that appointment, I will continue to do so. Let's see. Mike had an interesting one made me really delve deep into the website. And I kind of answered part of his question with what Jeremy said what jeremy asked but so he had um who is your mount rushmore of interviews either folks you have already interviewed or those you really want to so i mentioned those that i want to and um yeah i don't know if el corte inglés is actually selling rosconas with large prizes or not probably trying to get people in the door but well historically i will say this Historically, some places to get you to come in and buy theirs, there would be money in there. So it would be like wrapped in like a, a small plastic bag. It would be stuffed after it was cooked, obviously. And because they're, they open it to fill it, um, they cut it in half to fill it. So there would be money there. But, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe they, they have done it. But um, so I have a lot of honorable mentions here for, interviews that I've done and it was weird reminiscing because there's a lot of interviews that I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. I did speak to that person. Didn't I? So I spoke to John Schaefer here in Bilbao, Spain. That one I didn't forget. Spoken to Richard Christie a few times from charred walls of the damned ice earth and the Howard Stern show. Spoke to blaze Bailey once. Dave Windorf of Monster Magnet, Kirk Winstein of Crowbar, Michael Kiska of um, Halloween, Paul Shortino of Rough Cut, and these, this is Spinal Tap movie, Stephen Piercy of Rat, Rex Brown of Pantera, both complete dicks to me, Jack Russell of Jack Russell's Great White and formerly of Great White. He was great, but he probably broke the record of saying, you know what I mean, about a million and one times. Bobby Rock, who currently plays for Lita Ford, um, played for Vinnie Vincent. It was a really cool interview. Uh, at least in my group of podcasters, I was the, the first one to speak to him. Richard Patrick of Filter, who pisses me off because he ripped me off a hundred bucks. But uh, still a, a big deal for me to interview him then. Monty Pittman, who I absolutely love his solo work. To me, that's an amazing. Every time that I've spoken to him, has been amazing. Chris Penny, 
of Return to Earth, who I just spoke to recently. That was a big deal. Guy from the next town over, a band that made it big, and he's you know, a, a well-known soundtrack producer now. Ron Scalzo from Return to Earth as well. Ron has always been great to me. Bumblefoot, part of that whole family. Ron Thal, formerly of Guns N' Roses. Frankie Benali, the late great drummer of Quiet Riot. Doro Pesh. Brant Bjork. Tim Ripper Owens. Bruce Kulick, formerly of Kiss. George Lynch of Dokken fame. Uh, Udo. Spoken to Bobby Blitz from Overkill. I've spoken to Vinny Apice and Carmine Apice. I've spoken to Tommy Victor from Prong. Chuck Billy from Testament. Gene Hoagland, who currently plays in Testament. He's the reigning longest defending interview I've ever done. Um, Alan Robert and Joey Z of Life of Agony. Uh, Joey actually showed up when I did a show with Mark and John from Talking Metal with them in New York. Chris Poland from Megadeth fame. David Ellison, Frank Bellow of Anthrax, Phil Rind of Sacred Reich was an interview that I was after for the longest time. Dave Menachetti of Y&T. Now, I'm realizing that that isn't up on my site. So I may make that a Patreon exclusive or I may actually have like a uh, flashback episode there. I don't know what happened to that. I know it went out as a talking metal interview as well as a way to get people to check my podcast out. Um, Dan Lorenzo and Alan Tecchio of Hades and Nonfiction and all the various bands they're a part of. They've always been great to me. Bob Nalbandian. Um, Bob Nalbandian, I consider a friend. And there's no reason why I should know this person. He knows all the Metallica guys. Dave Mustaine, he's part of heavy metal and hard rock royalty. And he's someone that I can reach out to and chat with on almost every occasion, any occasion, I should say. There's a lot of podcasters I can throw into this group as well. People like Chris Aiken, like Mark Striegel and people like that. So um, Eric Klubert of uh, currently of uh, Void Vader, who's been on this show more than anyone else. Him and Someone else that I will mention is up there. And Joey Vera would be an honorable mention as well. Joey has always been awesome. But my Mount Rushmore, which is four, would have to be Max Cavalera. Oh, shit. I forgot to mention uh, Andreas Kisser. Andreas Kisser is also an awesome interview. That was a big deal to me. But Max Cavalera, Charlie Benante of Anthrax, D. Snyder, which was my first interview ever back when I was 19, and number one, I mean, clear number one, John Bush. It's not even close. So Bush is my uh, favorite person to interview by far. But I can't believe it when I look at that list. And, and hey, this is, this is a discussion that Mark has had with me plenty of times. You need to get bigger guests. You need to get bigger guests. You need to get bigger guests. Some of these guests, yes, I would consider big guests. Others, maybe not so much, but they're still 
they're, they're still awesome people to speak to. Jeremy, yeah, you, you know from following my stuff that it was going to be John Bush. But a lot of amazing people that I've gotten to speak to in 256 episodes. Today, I just released an interview that I'd done. It was actually over a month ago with Marion uh, from the band. Um, uh, I can't pronounce the damn name right. Uh, okay, here it is. Um, I was saying Affinamer, but she was saying Affinamer. So there you go. Just released that today, episode 256. So amazing that I've come this far. 256 episodes. Should be more, obviously, since this we're entering year 13. But uh, it is what it is. Or actually, year 13 starts in in September, but... 2022 is the 13th year I've been podcasting. And I mentioned before, people I want to interview, Nico McBrain would be awesome, Ozzy, Ace Freely, Lars Ulrich. There's a ton of other people that would be awesome. These are obviously out of my pay grade, but whatever. Um, five U.S. food items that I miss most living in Spain. And this is something that Brad asked. Uh, if I'm going strictly food, um, and this is kind of hard because a lot of this stuff I can get here or I can make it home, but there's some of it that I can't. Uh, clam chowder. Clam chowder is one thing that I really like and can't get it here. Jambalaya, which is something that we actually make here with a. Um, uh, what is it called? A slow cooker, is it called? Um, damn it, I, for, I forget. I forget the name of what the actual... Crock-Pot, there you go. We I bought a Crock-Pot when they were first introduced a few years ago. They actually sell them here. And they're used here because a lot of people use them to make uh, beans, actually. But we use, we've used them, we've used ours quite a bit to make jambalaya. We have it in some time, and I think we need to remedy that. Cheesesteaks is something that I have not had in um, well over 10 years. So I'd really love to have a cheesesteak. And finally, pizza. Good pizza. Good pizza from the New York tri-state area. How about that? Although when I've had pizza in Vegas, it was good at the time. We had been there, and now from what I'm hearing, pizza in California and stuff like that is pretty good as well. Um, if we're talking about other foods that aren't usually available here, I would throw Twizzlers in there. I would throw sour cream in there. Um, trying to think of uh, what else. Surprisingly enough, they actually sell Reese's peanut butter cups here as of like a month ago. Go figure. And to top it off, they have it in the damn section for the import bodybuilding stuff. So I don't know if that's because it's used for protein or what the story is there, but um, nonetheless, available for now. Uh, trying to think what other food could, um, could possibly mention. I ordered Pop-Tarts. I mean, these are all sugary 
sugary foods and stuff that I have every so often, obviously. But they're, you know, callbacks to home. They, um, they've been selling bagels here on and off for years. Uh, we look to be back on again. And actually, that's something for uh, my illnesses or my stomach illness that, um, that actually helps quite a bit. So we have that. Uh, yeah, no Taylor ham over here, but make up with it with uh, bacon. There you go. Um, guys are making me think about making some um, food truck uh, <laughs> food truck breakfast this weekend. Some uh, bacon and eggs uh, on a bagel. Some uh, uh, salt, pepper, and ketchup. There you go. There's something about that combo. This reminds you of home. At least it does uh, for me anyway. Um, what else? Those are all the questions that these guys asked me on Patreon. Um, pastrami on rye. You know, I don't know if I've ever really had a pastrami on rye. Um, I was big on bacon, lettuce, and tomato, BLT. But I can make that here. I know how to make the um, the sauce uh, for it, the sauce, <laughs> which is um, uh, mustard, mayonnaise, Tabasco, and tarragon. Is that right, or am I mixing that up with tartar sauce? It may be ketchup instead of Tabasco, um, but if I'm making um, Steve Hoker said that they had uh, patatas bravas um, down in Disney World, and they weren't a fan of it. And I told him it was probably because the brava sauce wasn't good. But I mentioned that your typical brava sauce is um, mayonnaise, mustard, Tabasco, ketchup, and it's sometimes rosemary. Or the patatas are sometimes made with rosemary. It all depends. Yeah, Jeremy, same thing for me. So um, we, we may have to bring back the, the, uh, the recipes, which I did way back when. Might start doing a monthly recipe for Patreon. We'll see. But um, yeah. Uh, any other questions? If not, I've got some questions of my own to ask you guys which I may actually ask on Patreon on Monday, but figured I'd throw these out here if we didn't uh, fill out the hour. But uh, yeah, Jose has no problem. He's probably making a, a good old tortilla. There you go. So uh, Rob is saying that he is a chef. Rob, what kind of food do you usually make? No, no kidding. Uh, how do you how do you get the um, the palacios up in up in your area? Is there a, is there a place up in Connecticut that sells it? I mean, given that Connecticut, the Boston area has a lot of um, Portuguese people. Um, I mean, I would think that palacios wouldn't be difficult to get. Palacios is a brand. That's from the area of Spain where I'm from. 
And my brother, who recently started working in Florida, actually works for a family that uh, imports a lot of stuff from Spain. So one of the perks for him is that um, um, is that he can now, by going to Florida, he's around supermarkets that have a lot of food or food from Spain. So, whereas in New Jersey. You can go to Newark, for example, but I mean, you're between parking and what it takes to get there and everything, you know, it isn't the easiest sometimes, but I guess it's easier than flying to Miami, but is what it is. Okay. So you used to get it at stop and shop and then they stopped. Yeah, that sucks. Um, it was funny because I had this discussion with my mother with the American food that I'm buying here is obviously more expensive than what it is in the States. Like I'm buying a box of Pop-Tarts. For like $9. And in the States, they're probably like three. Um, I'm buying a pound of Twizzlers for about 18 to $20. And it's probably like 10 there, you know, but you have to figure out that the stuff's being imported here. They're shipping. So, you know, I looked up, she said, I want I want to see if they have these types of peppers in the US. I looked up on Amazon. Yeah, they have them. And I said they cost $22 a jar and my mother was like, "No, but that only costs 3 here." I'm like, "Right, but it's getting shipped there. They're paying import taxes." So there's that. Um Rob says he I love steaks and stuffed chicken. That's cool. Um, I've made stuffed turkey before for Thanksgiving anyway. Uh, let's see. Brad says, looks like I got in at the perfect time. There you go, Brad. <laughs> they have Ortiz sardines and ventresca. Ventresca de atun. Aha. So that's stuff that's very sardines and ventrescas. Uh, uh, tuna, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm on the water, so we're very close to the water. So there's a lot of fish that's well known throughout Spain that's from my area. The funny thing is, the best fish doesn't stay here, it goes to Madrid, it goes to the capital. So, um, and it's, I mean, it's driven down in refrigerator trucks. They're, it's like, a, it's a wild process. They, uh, they bring it in, they take it to a market, it's auctioned off to the highest bidder, and then it's off in trucks to Madrid within uh, within a matter of minutes, basically, and or to local markets or wherever it end up, ends up going, and it's a huge business. So, um, Brad, I hope the craziness has settled down. But uh, yeah, any other questions before I hop into these two things that I have here? I'm paying probably five times as much as you do for sardines. Yeah. So see, it's same deal. Uh, so I have two, two, uh, Two posts that are similar. They're most anticipated rock and metal albums of 2022. And I'll probably read these again on Patreon. 
But so this is Loudwire's list. So it's uh, Alter Bridge, whose last album, Walk the Sky, came out in 2019. Anthrax, whose last album was For All Kings in 2016. Arch Enemy, whose last album, Will to Power, came out in 2017. Avenged Sevenfold, whose The Stage came out in 2016, was not a fan of The Stage at all, and I really liked previous few albums. Loudwire has Avril Lavigne, Head Above Water, 2019. Blink-182, Nine was released in 2019. Bring Me the Horizon, Survival Horror, came out in 2020. Disturbs Evolution came out in 2018. I bought that album because they have one song that's really good off of it, her single. Loved it. Rest of the album is a stinker, my opinion. Five Finger Death Punch, last album, F8, came out in 2020. Ghost Prequel came out in 2018. Godsmack. When Legends Rise came out in 2018. Guns N' Roses, who just released the, or is about to release the Hard School EP. Previous to that, Chinese Democracy in 20, 2008. And Slash has said that there is a full album worth of music that they are working on. So let's see what ends up happening with that. Hailstorm, last album, Vicious, came out in 2018. That's the first Hailstorm album that I really went, yeah, I get it now. Corn Requiem, coming out February 4th. The Nothing came out in 2019. I almost pre-ordered that today. So I have that. I have a reissue for, um, and this kind of goes into Jeremy's question. War of Words by um, Fight which is being reissued here uh, in Europe after being reissued in the States two years ago. And uh, Rock Believer by Scorpions, deluxe issue. I have all those open and actually a Kill Switch Engage reissue. As tentative things that I may buy. I want to hear more from Rock Believer because the last Scorpions album I pre-ordered and did not like it at all. But let's see. Lamb of God. The last album was their self-titled in 2020. Mm, Machine Gun Kelly, blow your horns, seriously. (laughs) Last album came out in 2020. Any Machine Gun Kelly fans out there? Megadeth, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. To be announced, last album was Dystopia 2016. Metallica to be announced. Uh, Hardwired to Self Destruct is 2016. Motionless in White, who's been releasing EPs. They have a summer, tentative summer release. The last thing they released was 2019's Disguise, Muse, Simulation Theory 2018. The last two Muse releases have kind of lost me. They're okay, but not as good as their earlier stuff. Uh, Nita Strauss to be announced. Last album, Control Chaos 2018. 
Ozzy, Ordinary Man 2020. That's an album that I'm looking forward to. Papa Roach, Who Do You Trust, came out in 2019. Paramore, After Laughter, came out in 2017. Porcupine Tree, which uh, will come out on June 22nd, I guess it says. My father's birthday, actually. Uh, Closure, Continuation. Last album was Incidental. 2009, Rammstein, Untitled, came out in 2019. Red Hot Chili Peppers, last album was The Getaway in 2016. They're a band that's gone getting a lot of crap from the um, cancel culture. Sabaton, The War to End All Wars, March 4th. Hey, what a shock. They're going to have a an album with lyrics about war. What a surprise. Great War, The Great War came out. 2019 scorpions rock believer april 25th we just talked about return to forever came out 2015 shine down last album was attention attention in 2018 skillet i don't know one person that likes this band i've I've asked this several times and i know nobody that likes them victorious 2019 last album february 11th is Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. The album is named Four. Slipknot, they've released a uh, new song, The Chapel Town Rag. And We Are Not Your Kind dropped in 2019. There'll be something about that album on Patreon soon. Smashing Pumpkins, last album, Sire, came out in 2020. Three Days Grace, Explosion, comes out May 6th. I really like the first two Three Days Grace album, but they lost me after that. Not to say that it's terribly bad. It just became really generic. The last album was Outsider 2018. Under Oath, Voyeurist, Erase Me, came out in 2018. We Came as Romans. Cold Like War came out 2017. Weezer, who released Van Weezer in 2020. And all right, so those are, that's Loudwire's um, album list of um, top anticipated, most am- 38 most anticipated rock and metal albums for 2022. Are any of those on your list? Yeah, the Saxon is coming out. I saw the pre-order for that. So here's Kerrang's list. Kerrang has Paramore, Venge Sevenfold, Ghost. Okay, so we're overlapping. Avril Lavigne. The Nova Twins, which is a duo which is overly, or which is really popular in the UK, but has like zero traction in the US. Very little traction. Metallica. Okay, Slipknot. Ozzy. High Power. Who I've never heard the band before. But if Kerrang is mentioning them, they obviously have to be important. Code Orange, who has recently said that they're just going to be releasing singles for the time being. Last single that they released last month was really good, in my opinion. 
new Billy talent. I was actually sent the, um, uh, the promo for that. I have not had a chance to listen to it yet. Venom prison who didn't get rave reviews on Patreon. Bring me the horizon blink 182 and zeal and ardor. Seal and Order, the, I believe I had the promo sent to me this week. Parkway Drive, Rolo Tomasi, Ramstein, Conjurer, Weezer, Ferris. Mm, let's see. And Behemoth. So that's their list. So any other albums that you guys are looking forward to in 2022? Yeah, um, Brad actually responded to Jeremy's tell Brad to retire. Poor excuse. He wrote back, duly noted. So, Brad, looking forward to the Saxon as well. Uh, Let me see what I have, because I have a list of albums, release dates. Um, next is the 14th. So on the 14th, we have the new Tony Martin album. We have an album by a band called mall, which sounds like old school iron maiden. 21st, we have ashes of Aries, which is, um, uh, Matt Barlow, former lead singer of iced earth. Billy talent gets released that day as well. Diamond dogs. January 28th, new album by Praying Mantis and Crystal Ball, who I've played on Patreon. You guys seem to enjoy. February 4th, the new Corn, the Michael Romeo from Symphony X releases a solo album. <laughs> My new boss is sitting right here trying not to quit during her first week. There you go. Zeal and Ardor comes out on February 11th. Annihilator Metal 2 comes out February 18th. Dogaba, who I played on Patreon or added their video on Patreon, you guys seem to like. Yeah, the um, uh, Tony Iommi solo in the works. There's always rumors. Hammerfall on February 25th. On May 4th, we have a new Marillion album. And the Flower Kings, March 18th, nothing yet. March 25th, Animal is Leaders. April 4th, North Lane. April 8th, Destruction. And April 15th, Erford. So those are all the things that I have so far. Uh, again, tomorrow I have to look at set up the Patreon videos for the week. So that list may expand. Um, the Annihilator album, Jeremy is a re-record of an album that he did years ago. The album was called metal. And I guess because they couldn't get the complete rights to the original, they re-recorded it. And it doesn't have all of the like original duets that the that the original album had, uh, so it's called Metal Two. So I don't know if that original version will be coming out or not. I mean, 
what I heard, one of these things were, okay, sure, you've got Dave Lombardo on it, you've got Stu Block, another former Ice Earth singer, which sounded kind of all right, but, you know, the the original version kind, kind of had a special sound to it. That's kind of what I'm going for. So, um, anyway, I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight for a show of 2022. Let's see what next Friday brings us. Maybe we'll have a, a guest of some sort. But um, uh, we're going to be wrapping things up now. I want to thank Jeremy. I want to thank Rob Rowe. I want to thank Jose. And I want to thank Brad Dahl for all joining us in the chat. CEO Dave, if you're out there listening, thank you for, uh, <laughs> for listening. Uh, Rob, hopefully we get you back on Patreon for the uh, greatest live albums of all time. And uh, that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you guys for watching live. Thanks for listening to the replay, watching the replay, all that good stuff. Let's make 2022 as great as we possibly can. Fill it with a lot of great music and talk about music. And, um, and yeah, I will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast, MarsAttacksRadio.com. And go there for all the links and all that great stuff surrounding the live stream and the podcast. In any event, we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 